0: for all that is fitness. Ontario
1: Muscle. Subscribe.
0: Hey, everybody. Jeff here from Ontario Muscle again, bringing you another edition of Ontario Muscle Radio, where we bring local Ontario athletes and brands to you. And we're super excited tonight, joined by Kimberly Miller, our first female guest, and she has brought the waters to come in way into our, our pool of, of information and conversation and join us this evening. Thanks so much for being yes. here, Kim.
1: Yeah, thank you for having me. I really appreciate it.
0: Awesome. How, how was your day today? Things going well? Good day?
1: Yeah, things going really well. Um, I recently moved to Toronto and I started a new job here, so things are really busy with that, but I'm enjoying it and I'm learning a lot. And I guess just getting used to the Toronto lifestyle.
0: <laughs> the Toronto lifestyle. Oh my gosh. Let's let's jump into that <laughs> right away. So where, where do you... Okay, let's go back to your young years first. I always like to ask okay. people, where did you come from? What, what were you like? How, where did you grow right. up? What kind of kid were you?
1: Yeah, so I grew up in Windsor, Ontario, which is about uh, three and a half, four hours from Toronto. It's um, it's not like a tiny little, you know, suburb or something. It, it's it's a city, but it's nothing like Toronto. I think the population is around three hundred thousand. Um, so I grew up there, lived in the same house my whole life, um, typical, yeah, just, you know, typical Windsor family, I guess you could say. Um, as a kid, I was really into sports and, um, I was very like OCD and like level-headed, like <laughs> um, I always wanted to play sports. I always wanted to do like really well in school. Um, I took up instruments at a young age. Uh, like if, you know, if me and my friends were playing games, like I wanted to be the teacher, you know, so <laughs> I was always, I always liked being in control and stuff as a kid. Um, growing up, yeah, like I said, I played a lot of sports throughout high school, played a lot of sports, got more seriously into academics. Um, I still went to school in Windsor. I went to the University of Windsor. I got a degree in Industrial Manufacturing Systems Engineering. And then, yeah, I moved to a Toronto. De- a degree in Sorry. what? Industrial and Manufacturing Systems Engineering. Ah,
0: oh, yes. sweet. Okay, so then okay. you went from there to Toronto. Continue.
1: Um, yeah, I, I got a job in consulting, actually, FinTech consulting. And that company is actually based out of Ireland. So I had to go to Ireland for a month to do training at their headquarters. And then after that, I was working out of their headquarters here in Mississauga. And then I got placed at CIBC at their FX Technology Center um, downtown. So,
0: now I'm here. wow, it's so really like yeah. fast track for <laughs> the big leagues. I'm so
1: um, go- trying.
0: So you go back to your your, your school years, your high school years, you're in sports, you're in the music yeah. and instruments. You were an academic. Um, I figured all that. Uh, we, we, well, because you're a reflection now of, of who you were then, and so we saw your educational progress, and we saw your music, and we see everything else. So, um, what were the sports? What were your primary sports in high school?
1: Um, I actually started when I was younger. My dream was to be an Olympic gymnast when I was oh, wow. five, six, seven years old. Yeah, um, I never really got into competitive gymnastics until I was a little bit older. I think I started when I was twelve. Um, God bless my parents, but they didn't want me doing gymnastics 20 hours a week, even though I wanted to do it because they wanted me to have balance. Um, So I waited until I was around 12, 13 years old, and I could start coaching at my gymnastics center so that I could pay for my competitive gymnastics because my parents didn't really believe in it. Um, So yeah, I did gymnastics from 12 until around 15, 16. And then at that point I sort of uh, made the switch over to track and fields. So I did Mm -hmm. a lot of fields events i did like long jump triple jump high jump pole vaults and some sprints and then um, after that i in university i was on the varsity team and i was a long jumper and then from there is when i finally sort of transitioned into lifting and i did powerlifting before i got into bodybuilding so
0: wow you're you're like anticipating all my questions and just answering them. <laughs> so here's Sorry. here's here, here's your oh no it's great here's your challenge i want to see a video yeah. of you long jump Post it on Instagram uh, within the next week. You need to dig that. Oh, up gosh. That's fine. Actually, what I would okay. love to see is the triple jump because that's just
1: fascinating. The triple jump. I awesome. can see if I can find a video. That wasn't so much my forte as long jump, but um, I can look. To be honest, I wasn't ever amazing at track and field, anyways. That's kind of why I ended up switching into lifting because I found I was just naturally better at it. But um, okay. I'll see if I could find a video.
0: <laughs> so, yeah. All right. Comment below, folks, if you want to see a video of, oh my of gosh. Kimberly Miller. <laughs> Doing a long <laughs> jump, because that would be absolutely brilliant to, to see. Uh, so that's uh, you, you say you uh, you excelled academically, honor roll, that kind of stuff?
1: Yeah, I guess so. You guess so? Yes. It you you
0: were, you stuff, weren't. Yeah. Yes, it was. <laughs> of course you were. That's great. No, that's fantastic. Thank you. Um, Thank you. You Appreciate know, uh, there's there's a real emphasis that needs to be placed on education, and, and a lot of mm-hmm. people go after it. Some people don't. It's not for everybody. And no, And it's, it's good definitely to not. see that. That you you were driven in that direction and you really seized it and and, and took off. Yeah, for so sure. you transitioned from what what drove your interest into engineering?
1: I I feel like I was just like a special type of kid. Like I just kind of always <laughs> you know, from that's, a young that's, age That's a
0: teaser clip right there.
1: <laughs> I kind of knew what I wanted. Um when I was very young, I mean after the Olympic gymnast dream phase, I wanted to be a teacher. And my parents told me that there weren't gonna be any teaching jobs. <laughs> kind of <laughs> you know, read my dreams there a little bit, but um that was fine. Um I found I was really good in math towards the end of grade school. So when I was in grade seven, I started Sort of researching the different types of engineering there were and then by around grade nine I kind of decided I wanted to go into um, the industrial sort of manufacturing stream with like a business um, I also have a business minor so I, okay. I just knew I wanted to go that route opposed to like a straight mechanical automotive electrical civil something like that.
0: So when you say process manufacturing process engineer now I'm fascinated by <laughs> I, I'm subscribed to these channels that show machines that make things um, everything from, from cookie cutters to intense wire twists and things like that. Is that what you're talking about? Or are you talking about manufacturing floor, um, or product production, or things like that?
1: Yeah, so the first year and a half of my schooling was pretty generic. Um, all the types of engineering, Just we sort of took the same base classes. Um, after that, it's expanded a lot into process design and sort of okay. working, working through um, manufacturing processes, problem-solving processes, um, stuff like that, um, a lot of efficiency stuff. So um, shipping, you know, within a manufacturing plant. Okay. Or yeah, it was it was really interesting, and I was exposed to a lot of different things, and I was really lucky with my research. Um, I like I started doing research when I was my first year of university, so by the time I was in my third fourth year, I kind of had way uh-huh. with what I wanted to do, and I actually really you know bridged the two fitness and you know engineering into my research work and was able to do a couple projects where I could really like hone in on fitness so it was really cool
0: Accident. I recall seeing one of your projects that you had posted yes. on the grant. And and you forgive me, yeah. I don't remember what it was exactly. Um, but what was it, if you can remind me?
1: Yeah, so I did two projects that were sort of related to fitness. The one okay. was like a personal research project. Um, I did with like a research grant at my school. And that one was um it was a metabolic rate calculator. So okay. it was it was sort of like a user interface and the user would put in a bunch of information about themselves they use like circumference measurements and it would estimate their body fat percentage and it would like estimate your um, daily calories you would need for maintenance or to gain weight, lose weight, et cetera. Um, Yeah. So it was really cool. And a lot of, a lot of obviously legwork and research work and coding into that. So it actually prepared me pretty well for the job that I have now. And then the other project I actually did with um, my capstone group, because at my school there's like a capstone portion to engineering, which is, um, sort of like a start to finish big project, you do your entire last year. And we actually created um, a machine for working out like your medial delts. Like we Mm. designed it, and um, we designed it based on like academia, and then also did our own research with um, like sensors that measure muscle activity. And then um, after I left, there was still um, a group that continued to work on it. And they actually like physically made the machine and it worked well so it
0: was really cool wow and you didn't even have to slide that machine to blake morocco did you because i'm always wondering where the shoulders (laughs) unfortunately
1: i do not know i think it's still alive in windsor
0: (laughs) that's the secret shoulder machine you need to bring it out to the world and and
1: okay fair enough
0: (laughs) absolutely Uh, so that's fantastic it's how you're able to blend all your worlds together
1: yeah Um, for sure
0: so you you graduated from university with your with your process engineering degree and mm-hmm. yet you somehow you found your way into financial engineering.
1: <laughs> yeah, so when I graduated from engineering I, I knew from the get-go I didn't want to be, like, working on cars and stuff like that. And then as I went through university, I realized I didn't really want to be an industrial engineer either. I didn't want to be working in a plant, sort of, like, cutting jobs, I hate to say. But that's, uh, you know, essentially what a lot of people will do, especially in Windsor. It's a big auto city, so a lot of people sure, are working yeah, in the plants. Yeah. And, you know, they're they're giving people more work to do on the line, and they're taking jobs away from people and stuff. And you know what? It's a job that has to be done, but it's not a job for me, and I I was able to figure that out, thankfully. Um, so I started enjoying the business side of it and, um, I started gaining interest in finance and in stock markets and stuff like that. So I actually went out on a limb because I was supposed to do my master's degree and I had my thesis picked out and everything. I was going to continue the research on, um, isolating different muscles and exercises and, uh, machine design and stuff like that. Ooh. But, um, my friend, Joanna, Joanna Rocket, I'm sure you know her. <laughs> I do. Um, yeah, so. <laughs> I'm a big fan of hers too. <laughs> but um, yeah, we were hanging out last around last Christmas and I was telling her how, you know, like I was happy and I was excited about my masters, but I was like, you know, I, I'm not really happy in Windsor anymore. Um, I've always had my eyes set on Toronto or set on a bigger city. And I just, I felt myself getting a little bit bored there. And she's like, you know, why don't you just see what jobs are available up here? And,
0: you know, that mm-hmm. night I
1: went home and it was almost like it was out of a movie. I went onto like my school website and I found this like one job that was like the perfect job. It's the one that I applied for. I didn't apply for any other jobs. And then I got that one. So here wow. we are. I, I did obviously turned down the master's and um, now I'm working up here in Toronto.
0: And a sure. master's is something you can always go back and, and do. Absolutely. Later. Yeah. I mean, I didn't do my master's until I was 30. So, you yeah. know it's always for sure. there for you yeah. and you're only you're you're only young you're 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 about what, 16 now right
1: for 16 oh yeah you, <laughs> so you, you, look, just my you look 16, 16.
0: <laughs> you look 16 I, i've got it here though on a nice piece of paper I, yeah I can't, I can't find it but that's okay.
1: 22
0: i'm 22 20, i just turned 22 20, just turned 22 engineering oh you know what um uh, get out, and you're in a position to go and live life, and, and adventure, and have lots of fun. And
1: exactly, exactly. I, I remember
0: sending you tips of things to do in Ireland. I worked in Ireland. For a long time.
1: <laughs> yeah. So
0: did you Did yeah, you get to really the Antrim Coast?
1: I did not. Unfortunately, I was only there for three full weekends. Like we were there for a month, but I only had right. three full weekends. So um, I did the North Coast. I did Dublin, and I did Belfast. I uh, did Belfast the second time. It was, it was really good, though. I've never been to Europe before, and traveling is something I've really, like, grown fond of. I didn't do a ton of, like, out-of-country traveling when I was young, so I've really been pushing right. to do that the past few years. So it was a really cool experience, and I definitely see myself going back to Europe soon and potentially moving to Europe. So <laughs>
0: Yeah, Europe is fantastic. I worked in Belfast for a mm-hmm. few months, and I, and I work out Manchester yeah, and England from, from yeah. time to time. And if you ever get an opportunity to get stationed over there and moved over there for a while, I'd go do oh, yeah. it. This- your, i'm
1: all for it i know you
0: can go <laughs> anywhere and do anything you know? so
1: cheap yeah the flights Ab- there are so cheap
0: absolutely i mean if you're willing to yeah. pack on a ryanair or something like that you're like 20 bucks exactly ryanair
1: i know all about
0: it. oh it's a yeah. good time absolutely,
1: so, you, so yeah. now
0: you've gone from from windsor to toronto
1: yeah
0: so maybe you can settle the big debate or maybe there's something that you don't know but we'll find out right now maybe you can settle okay. the debate okay windsor pizza or toronto pizza
1: if you want me to be completely honest with you, the only pizza I've had in Toronto is Domino's. So
0: oh, so, so but are you familiar? You're familiar with the with the Windsor white sauce, oh yeah, can, can well, white sauce.
1: I don't like mushrooms, so not not quite. But Armando's pizza from Windsor is very good. I'm definitely gonna have some of that when I go home for Christmas. All right,
0: the, <laughs> yeah. date, the date is still out, and and, and I, yeah. one of my buddies works is is it from Windsor. And he talks about Windsor pizzas. Is, is apparently the pizza it is North. very
1: good. I know oh. we win contests. I see it on the news all the time. <laughs>
0: So tell me, how was that transition from Windsor to Toronto for you?
1: Honestly, I really, I loved it. Like, um, Windsor, like I said, I had kind of been itching to get out for a while. And I, I just had that dream of, like, living in a big city and, like, walking out my door and seeing, like, a really nice skyline and stuff. So to finally kind of, like, make that happen for myself, like, I'm, I'm proud of it. And, like, I'm really excited about it.
0: Yeah, yeah, kind of. It's either one or the other, right? It's either you you feel really small because you moved to someplace <laughs> really big, yeah, or you feel really big because now the world's your oyster, kind of thing, you know. I remember Absolutely. So I, I moved up from the east coast. I'm from a, a community of 1,700 people,
1: and mm-hmm. I was moving to wow. London, on
0: to Ontario, with 350,000, and I thought I'm going to get yeah. lost. My <laughs> wife, on the other hand, moved to London from Montreal, and she's gone okay. from a city of a million. To, right. Now she's going to Backwater, Ontario. So it was, it was perspectively <laughs> very, very different. Experience. Absolutely. Yeah. So, what have you been keeping yourself busy doing in Toronto? What are the fun things? What have you been, besides yeah. festivals, which we'll get to eventually? <laughs> yeah. Wow, I'm sure, sure we
1: will. I, I have firm belief that my friends ask questions to,
0: to oh, that. So, <laughs>
1: um, yeah, obviously, sorry? No, go ahead. Yeah. Um, well, working obviously has taken up a lot of my time. But um, like I said, I'm learning I like to, before we started I told you I'm learning a lot with my job and it's very interesting and it's something new every day and I know it's 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 great experience for me to be getting right now at a young age so that's awesome um, aside from that I still work out I mean I know I don't post about it as much but I still do go to the gym quite a bit um, I took up shuffling as you brought up earlier So that's something I actually got pretty sick a couple months ago, and I wasn't recovering well at the gym. And um, I was having like, some heart issues and uh, some stuff, still sorting it out. But um, I'm doing quite a bit better now. But at that time, I couldn't really work out the way I like to Um, pushing myself in the gym just wasn't really an option. So I kind of really found that to be my getaway opposed to lifting. So it was nice that I was able to sort of you know let go in a different way and um, now that I'm starting to get better again obviously I'm getting back in the gym and lifting more and I'm still really enjoying the shuffling so it's nice to have both of those things going on
0: yeah absolutely so let's go back then you you were Mm -hmm. in high school you were varsity in 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 college at what point university what point did you decide to uh, take your training more seriously and not that you didn't but to say okay you know what I could I could probably compete in this What, Mm -hmm. what what led to that
1: Yeah. So I think I had like a a moment where I just sort of realized that I I could do this when I was in grade 12. Um, We were actually, I remember it so clearly, I was with my track team and we were all in the weight room, like getting ready to take the bus to go to a meet. And um, 225 was loaded up on the bar and someone's like, I bet you can't deadlift that. And I was like, I bet I can. And I just like, I had already been doing some lifting like alongside track, right? So it's not like I just walked in cold and did it. But I was like, ah, you know, I mean, I'm about to go do a meet. Let's just like, you know, strain my back. Why not? So yeah, sure. I, yeah, I, I pulled 225 and I was like, I didn't even really expect myself to be able to do it. I didn't think I was going to be able to get it off the ground. So I was like, okay, maybe, maybe I should look into this a little bit more.
0: <laughs> but but so. narrow, narrow or sumo?
1: Um, no, just, just. Just straight dead off the floor yeah stock, yeah man.
0: you know I, that's impressive like i know I, like gosh i wouldn't pull 20, 225 off the floor i'm too old so you <laughs> so you, you you looked at yourself in grade 12 said i could compete um did you it,
1: that was powerlifting, sort of though in, right in
0: powerlifting. that
1: wasn't yeah
0: did you compete in powerlifting?
1: i did one show when i was sub junior still yes before really? I bodybuilding. yeah i know a lot of people You're, don't know that about me <laughs> do, you, do you remember your totals well, I competed with the flu, so that didn't help. But um, yeah, I think flu. I hit 145 bench, 260 squat, 280 deadlift or something along those
0: lines. Squats. 260 I a, squat? I had a
1: pretty good squat. I had a pretty wow. good squat. I, I almost hit 300, and then I just kind of stopped powerlifting. So <laughs> I pulled that's, my inner call, deadlifting, and after that, it just I never went back. So. <laughs>
0: You pulled your intercostals.
1: Yeah, like the muscle under your rib. Yeah, Yeah. you don't hear
0: that talked about very much uh, in the gym uh, these days. Yeah. So, (laughs) and can I I ask you, I don't know if this is the test. We're talking about powerlifting, so I can ask. How much Mm -hmm. did you weigh at the time?
1: It would have been around like 134, I think. So
0: 134, you're benching 140 plus, squatting 260, (laughs) pulling 225 (laughs) off the floor.
1: That's ben, a pretty I,
0: impressive, impressive feat for a first meet. And so you would have had no real big training into powerlifting up to that? I
1: just had no of, idea what I was doing. Just, Zero just clue what I was shot. doing. I was going to go into the meet and not even wear like knee sleeves or a belt or anything. Like I didn't even know what those were until the week before I met with a coach. And he's like, yeah, you should probably wear a belt. And I was like, okay.
0: <laughs> that's, <laughs> well, that's impressive. That's something we didn't know about you. So uh, There
1: you go. <laughs>
0: the people are The people are going to want to do that. So, okay. So after that. When did you get to the point that you felt like you wanted to compete in, in the bikini category?
1: Yeah, so I did the powerlifting show. And at that point, I was actually still on the varsity track team. Like, I hadn't quit track yet. So, it's actually – that was a bad idea, by the way. Never powerlift and try to do track and field at the same time. Yeah. Um, but after I finished track and field, that was, like, my first year of university. So, going into my second year of university, I actually – my schedule with engineering um, – Not a lot of the people that are in engineering, especially with a minor on top of it, do sports Mm -hmm. just because the schedules, they don't work. Like I would have only been able to attend practice once or twice a week. And so they didn't even like really let me on the team. I would have had to extend my degree next year. And I was like, no, 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 I I don't wanna do that. So I kind of gave up on the track at that point. And then um, I still continued lifting though. Like I said, I I loved lifting throughout. We always lift throughout track um, three to four times a week anyways. So I just kept on with that. Um, I kept getting stronger. And then I kind of reached a point where I was starting to see the people at my gym go through contest preps and stuff. And some people on Instagram, I actually, when I was in Windsor, I went to the same gym as Clazy and it, like he said, it's, you know, it's a bodybuilding hub. So I was definitely mm-hmm. exposed to it and it was really intriguing. And um, I like the, obviously the aesthetic aspect to it, obviously anyone in bodybuilding does. So um, yeah, I, I started following some competitors and then from there, I just sort of reached out to the only coach I knew in Windsor and uh And we made it happen.
0: (laughs) So who were some of the competitors you followed?
1: Um, Lacey Marcoux. She did a show back in, like, I think 2016. She's from Windsor. But she was, like, the main person I saw. Because I knew nothing about it. I barely even knew the competitions existed, especially, like, in Ontario. So she was from Windsor. And I saw her go through a prep. And I thought it was, like, the coolest thing ever. So she was definitely the inspiration to begin with. And then um, her friend Janet as well competed. So I saw them going through preps. And I just really... You know, thought it'd be something cool to do. And then honestly, I started following the Ontario Muscle page probably around know. that time. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: got to throw Online in the plug. <laughs> yeah, you been right. around since the beginning.
1: Yeah. And then, um, yeah, I just saw more and more people doing it and I, I wanted to try it. And then I did.
0: So you seem to be someone that um, really thrives after a challenge, whether it's something that you're yeah. very interested in or not. If it's a challenge, would, would you say that aptly describes you?
1: Yeah, for sure.
0: (laughs) So what are your current challenges?
1: Right now? That's a good question. I almost feel like I'm at a point in my life where I don't have anything that's... like I'm not holding a gun to my head about anything, if that makes any sense. Like, I'm not in a contest prep where I'm absolutely killing myself. Like, I'm not in full-time school, but also working three part-time jobs and, like, going absolutely crazy. Like, I'm just... I'm kind of living and present right now and like I'm working really hard at work. Like I'm enjoying myself. I'm still enjoying the gym. Um, so I would say of all times in my life, this is probably the least challenge I've ever been, but it's the most present I've ever been. So I can appreciate that.
0: Yeah. Well, and you know what, sometimes those ideas are, are diametrically opposed and you and you have to be present and step back from the challenges and live the life mm-hmm. you're in right now. Yeah, uh, for sure. But the, the time will come again when the next challenge is, is in front of you because you, yeah, <laughs> you, you seem like someone that's gonna gonna become stagnant after a little while and say, okay, what's the next big yeah, thing? You know, whether it's ex- excelling in work or whatever, you know.
1: Yeah, so, for you, sure. so you
0: made the decision to compete. You went back in 2017. You hit the Fuad mm-hmm. Classic, came yep. in fourth. Yes, I think very, so. Uh,
1: <laughs> it's been a while.
0: <laughs> we'll say fourth until someone says nope, okay. it wasn't. <laughs> if it wasn't, someone will tell me. Yeah, um, which is very very well. And you went right to the full Ontario Championships after that. Yeah. So. How was your first experience uh, in, in competition? How was your first prep? Was it everything you wanted it to be?
1: My first prep was really, really weird, and definitely not like the other two. Um, I I did have a coach, but I wasn't working with him like I would with my coaches on my other preps. Like it was more distant. Like I would just train once a week. I wasn't really sending check-in pictures. We weren't like counting food to the gram or anything like that. Um, basically, I got put on keto at I think ten weeks out no refutes. I did cheat on my diet a bit, I'll be honest. I definitely went out drinking a couple times. Um, I ate a lot of peanut butter because I was basically told, don't eat carbs, but eat whatever else you want. <laughs> I, oh, wow. Yeah, I didn't really know any protein existed except chicken mm. at that point. So I ate chicken and peanut butter all day, basically, and MCT oil. Um, and I did 10 minutes of cardio after upper body days. That was the only cardio I did. And I got like pretty shredded somehow. <laughs>
0: So you got shredded. From yeah, the things I would do to working, be back in that spot. <laughs> working out once a week, ten minutes. no, no. Of cardio no. Out.
1: I was working up seven oh, days a week. I didn't take okay. I didn't take Sef- a day off of training or prep. But
0: so seven days a week working out, ten minutes yeah. of cardio post workout on upper body day only. Oh yeah, consi- <laughs> consisting of peanut butter and chicken together.
1: Mm-hmm. No, and no, separate. MCT
0: oil. <laughs> yep. I, I gotta I'll go out on a limb and say that probably wasn't <laughs> the best coaching advice. That you could have gotten.
1: Yeah, uh, you know, we changed but coaches you, after that, it was fun. <laughs>
0: but you came in fourth, so
1: So you went it was okay.
0: So you, then you say your next preps were different, so you, I mean, I'm not going to go through all the shows because it's interesting you went from the Fuai Championships, which I believe was a natural show.
1: Uh, no, that one was open.
0: No, so you did the open show, and uh, I'm yeah. actually talking. I've spoken to a lot of girls who I know are 100% Natty, but they compete in the open shows and do better. Yeah, that's me. You know, <laughs> That yourself, was exactly uh, me. Yeah. Iron curls and curling irons, Nadia. She's the same, and you know, because you some people bring such a grainy hardness when they when they like for a, for a bikini competitor that in the natural shows they kind of don't. The judges don't look for that, but in the open shows they do. So That's fantastic. Yeah.
1: So mm-hmm. you competed
0: three or four more times over that last one, 2018 Toronto Pro qualifier. Yeah. Um, Talk to me about your prep. For, do you remember your prep from Toronto Pro?
1: Very, very well. <laughs> so how how
0: was how was that prep compared to the first one?
1: It was like opposite side of the world, different. Um, at that point, I think if you wanted to be honest, if if I were to talk to myself two years ago from who I am today, I would have told myself to not do that prep um, for a couple of reasons. Number one, I had already done two preps pretty much back to back, but the yeah. issue was that. The month in between, I would go balls to the wall with food, put on the weight. And then, you know, my metabolism hasn't really reset at that point. So now mm. I have some extra weight on me, but, you mm. know, the, the calories aren't up. My maintenance calories aren't up. So I feel like my starting point wasn't the best. Um, mm-hmm. I definitely would not compete again unless my starting point was a lot better. Um So I had a solid amount of weight to lose in 16 weeks. Um, mm. I was a student at the time. So I was full time. I was working three part time jobs and I was broke. So, you know, trying to, trying to compete when you're broke and in school, is not That's ideal. I, I can definitely say that. Um, and then another thing with me is I, I just feel like when it comes to weight loss, Unless my life is in play, is you know, in in harmony and everything is good and happy and I'm not stressed out, like I, I struggle to lose weight. Like my cortisol is up, I struggle to lose weight. Um, I did a 16 week prep and for six weeks straight, my weight stayed the same and I was lowering my calories every time and upping my cardio every time, like weekly, and it just I was stagnant. So it got mm-hmm. to a point where my coach was kind of like, "Look, you're six weeks out. I don't think you're going to come in as tight as we want you to come in. What do you want to do?" And I was like. I was so, you know, into it. I was like, no, we're going for it. Like, kill me. So it was very tough at the end. And I was very, like, dazed all day, very tired. I wasn't sleeping. But um, I, that was the hardest I've ever pushed myself. And I'm grateful for that, I guess. Um, but, yeah, it was it was tough. I brought to the stage definitely my best package. But um, could I have brought better if I took my time? Absolutely. Could I have brought better if I wasn't so stressed out and I wasn't, you know, financially freaking out? Probably. But it's a lesson learned and, you know, I'm taking that with me now moving forward when I go into another prep eventually.
0: So, so. so you did do that prep. You're happy with the package you bought. I mean, you finished outside the top 10, which is fine. Big class at the time, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and you you learned a lot. So, yeah. you know, it's one of the questions, one of the things I'm finding now in the prep. I mean, you learn a lot about yourself. So What, yeah. are, some of, what are some of the big lessons you learned about yourself?
1: I would say my biggest lesson is and I think this is a lesson that I should have learned even before bodybuilding but I think it took bodybuilding and the severity of that situation for me to understand um sometimes you really have to just like ground yourself and like get out of your own head and analyze the situation like from the outside because like I said I, everything in my life was I don't want to say going wrong but like all the circumstances were pointing at like don't do a prep but like I was so focused in on it that like, that's all I saw, you know, I didn't see all the red flags my body was giving me and I ignored everything else when I probably should have pulled out or not done the prep in the first place and just gave myself time to have an off season. So I Mm. think, I think the biggest thing for me was just like learning to not be so like asphyxiated on something and, and to, have a more holistic perspective when I'm making decisions. And especially when it comes to my body and my health, like I have to really consider like the long-term goal and the long-term picture.
0: That's, uh, that's a hard lesson for you to learn, I think, because as a, as a challenge oriented <laughs> individual, exactly, you, yeah. you laser focus on that thing in front of you, yeah. right? And
1: yeah.
0: to, to hell with whatever's going on around you, you're going to get that exactly. goal.
1: Yeah,
0: well, Maybe that's why you went into process manufacturing, because you don't know, see the process.
1: <laughs> maybe.
0: Right. So, Did that prep give you any reservations about potentially competing again?
1: I do plan on competing again, and I actually... in Yeah, yay. Um, I actually originally planned on doing the October show that was like two months ago, Uh, but once I found out I was gonna be going to Ireland, and Mm -hmm. uh, with that, I didn't know exactly where I was gonna be placed when I came back to Canada and stuff like that, and you know, a bunch of moves, different places, didn't know what gyms I'd be at, the food available, everything. I was like, you know what, I, I, knowing my body and and knowing, you know, that I don't do well with stress and I'm when I'm trying to lose weight, I just thought it made more sense to, you know, hold it off and, and wait until the timing made more sense. And, you know, there's always that phrase of, you know, there's never a best time to do it. But I think I need to be more practical about when I choose to do preps, because like I said, I did three back to back to back when I was a student working more than one job every prep like that was craziness. And I look back at that and I'm like, little Kim, like you were you were nuts for trying to do that because I don't think I'd ever do that to myself again, you know?
0: Yeah, you did, uh, looking at the shows and recalling the dates, you did uh, about, what, you would have done three shows inside 12 months.
1: I did five shows in 12 months. Five shows? Yeah. Wow.
0: Oh, that's, that's right. I mean. The foo ad was early. Oh, my gosh.
1: Yeah, five shows in 12 months. That's what I mean. <laughs> so I was just, I was so, like I said, I was so like that, that I just, I was like, you know. I I didn't care about anything else. That's all I wanted to do. And I mean, that's great to be super focused on a goal like that, but not at the cost of everything else, not at the cost of like my financial security. And, you know, like, even when I got really deep into a prep, like I could feel my grades start to slip a little bit. And I was like, you know what, like, we need to pull the plug. Like there's Mm -hmm. more important things. Right. So yeah, I was going to do that prep or the show in October. I decided not to. And then I'm actually, I'm, Definitely considering doing a prep next year. Um, I'm itching for it. Like, I'll be honest, but it's just a matter of is my body ready for it? And also is my wallet ready for it? You know, I did just move to Toronto. Rent is not cheap Mm -hmm. here. I like traveling. I know I'm going to have to make a lot, a lot of sacrifices if I can even like fathom trying to make it work. So I don't know when I'll be on stage again. I would like to be on stage next year, but it's just a matter of doing it with the right timing this time for sure.
0: Well, you have to keep us up to date as soon as you know what kind of a show you're gonna do, but health first.
1: yeah, for sure, yes.
0: Absolutely. get yourself looked yeah. after and and whatnot. Yeah, um so talk to us a little bit about that health scare that you had um, if if you can. Um, <laughs> yeah ahead,
1: I don't like, really... tell us
0: the story what's going on?
1: yeah, no, i don't I don't really know what it was. Um, if you want me to be honest, it was after a festival weekend, I was like very dehydrated and I was deep mm. drinking and all of that. and I almost had like a mini seizure. Nice. And so I I kind of brushed it off and it was right when I started my new job. It was, it was quite a disaster actually. So I wasn't feeling well at all for a couple of weeks, but I had just started my new job so I was like, okay, you know what? I'm just going to power through it whatever. And eventually it just got to a point where I was like getting flushed out, like very dizzy, like pounding headaches all day and stuff like that. So I ended up in the, I was in the hospital twice. Um still running tests. I found out my hormones are pretty whack but um right now I'm I'm on waitlist wait list for specialists and stuff for that and okay. I I don't I, you know of course competing can play a role in that but I know those issues stemmed back to even before when I was an athlete in high school and university so I don't want to blame that on competing um I think my body's reset since you know my last show at this point so um yeah I don't exactly know what's going on I know I feel a lot better now it took me a while to feel better though and I'm still going through tests um, I have an MRI on my brain scheduled for the end of December so I guess just do that and see what happens but I'm I'm just making sure that I'm actively taking care of it it's it's weird because it was a really hard thing to go through for the time that I was feeling really shitty. But um, yeah. I'm just thankful to be feeling better now. And like I said, I'm seeing the right doctors and just trying to figure out what happened. So,
0: Oh, good. Well, I mean, it's, it's yeah. scary when it, when it happens.
1: Yeah, uh, for sure.
0: And, and, but at least you're on the road to recovery and you're getting seen by the right people. Exactly. Uh, you know, it's, it's a bit of a scary thing, especially at, at a young age. Uh, uh-huh. Symptoms like that are, are, are kind of hard to deal with, you know, because you don't really know. Yeah is it going to be here today gone tomorrow or is it exactly how is it going to affect me and when
1: right
0: so but you're you're feeling good these days
1: oh yeah no i'm feeling a lot better um i would say the biggest thing for me is i did have like i took a long time off of lifting like i was i mean obviously for a very long time i was lifting five six days a week like i never took a week off nothing like that Mm so um when i initially like started getting sick it's slowly i mean i was still trying to push the gym at first and then i realized like you need to stop so i i pulled back and i was only doing like light cardio and um, now i am getting back into lifting but it is absolutely insane how sore i get um because my body's not used to it now right but i'll do like and i like to train hard too so like i'll go do like literally eight to ten sets of legs and i'm like can't walk for like three days so (laughs) it's really interesting because you know i used to do two and a half hour like workouts three days a week like when i was crazy but i don't know it's it's easing back into everything i'm just thankful to be in the gym and you know i'm healthy i'm here so i really can't that'll, complain
0: <laughs> that'll come back and then you know what we'll yeah. we get to see you on the stage soon so what are
1: yeah. some of
0: the what are some of the lessons that you learned sort of pitfalls uh, besides i think we talked about your kind of your holistic view uh, but specific prep pitfalls that you will now watch out for say when you do your next prep
1: Hmm. Um, I would say not being so concerned about picking, well, number one, giving myself enough time. Cause like I said, I, I mean, I give myself 16 weeks last time, but with like all the things I had going on, it just wasn't enough time. So I would definitely give myself more time. Um, I would give myself a better starting shape and better starting conditioning. Mm-hmm. And, um, I guess know when it, and it's hard Because obviously it's it's usually a coach making decisions, but I think know when you need to sort of pull back a little bit. Because I'm not one to like if something's hard, like I'll just push through it. But there were times in my last prep where like things were really hard and like it it was really bad. Like it got to a point where I would like call my mom while I was driving because I'm like, mom, I'm like really dizzy. Like I don't know what to do. So, you know, at that point, it's like yeah, you should probably take a day off of the gym or you should probably have a refeed. So um definitely listening to my body and i think that becomes more accessible to do if you have more time to get lean so
0: absolutely so when yeah. you were driving yourself so hard uh, last <laughs> time yeah which we, you've learned we won't do that again mm-hmm. how, how did you you know when you're what were some of the tricks that you did to help keep you focused on diet and things like that anything in particular or
1: focused on diet i don't know if i had said on it.
0: track on track
1: yeah keep me on track Um, I like have this really strange addiction to eating egg whites with salsa. Like even now not being in a prep, I have it for three Mm -hmm. of my four meals as my source of protein. I just really like it. So that, yeah, so that was something I looked forward to a lot in prep. Um, I drank way too much coffee in prep. I will say that very honestly. So that was something else I looked forward to. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> uh, cheers to that. <laughs> I, i'm
0: like i'm like I, yeah I, I, and it's funny i had to, i was telling you sort of off camera i'd gone out and got my phone replaced and because mm-hmm. of the timing I, I had to eat an hour early
1: and Oof, i'm like I, tough. I
0: know i'm gonna regret this later yeah so i'm like yeah, for i'm sure. looking at the clock i'm like it's got to be eight o'clock i need this podcast to start or else i'm gonna eat something and i don't get to eat <laughs> till Oh well, yeah absolutely coffee is key for me and water tons of water
1: yeah um, sure, lots of water
0: so, if you were to give someone advice who's looking to compete, based on your experiences, uh, mm-hmm. what are what are a couple of pieces of advice you'd offer?
1: I would say take a lot of time before jumping into a prep. Um, I think, especially in the Windsor area, bodybuilding like it wasn't popular when I first got into it. When I first started looking into it, it was like twenty sixteen, and I only knew of like the one girl in Windsor who competed, um, besides like a couple of older people at my gym. So. I was like, oh, this girl in Windsor gets coached by this person. Let me, like, just message this person. Like, let's just go for it. It was 10 weeks out when I, like, met Mm -hmm. with the coach the first time. So, and I didn't really know any better. And I didn't really know, like, oh, what's the ideal shape for bikini? How much muscle do I need? You know, like, what should, what questions should I ask a coach? So, I didn't really know any of these things. I would say, like, the biggest thing is just take your time making those decisions. And, um, you know, bikini a lot of girls will be like, oh, it's bikini. I don't need to put on size before I compete. But uh, I would say you do, you know, like there's a big focus on having like the rounded shoulders, like the X frame, you know, Mm -hmm. like the separation in the the hamstrings and the glutes. And like, that all takes time to build. And especially for me, I'm someone who is naturally like a little bit denser and I have like a thicker core and like wider rib cage. So for me to really like emulate the look that you should have in bikini, like it does require me to have, you know, like the cap delts and to have like, like good size on my glutes and you know even your last you know like that contributes to your x-frame too right. so yeah. taking the time to really build muscle but like more specifically build muscle for whatever division you're going to be in because that was another thing um you know before i was training in powerlifting that's <laughs> powerlifting is not going to help you look good in bikini i hate to say it but i would have trained a lot differently had i known those things ahead of time i guess
0: okay now if you maybe yeah. return to the stage will you do bikini again
1: There's a reason I asked that question. (laughs) Yeah. So um, like I said, I do have a gymnastics background and I've learned like the shuffling too and stuff. So, I mean, I think the the category that definitely makes the most sense for me would be fitness. Um, The reason why I would maybe be a little bit um, hesitant to try fitness is number one, I, you know, I have some... Injuries lingering from the sports I played, like I have arthritis at 22, go figure, and a bunch of other, you know, things that could definitely flare up if I tried to compete in fitness. So that's one thing that's holding me back a little bit. Um, But I definitely think I have a lot more potential in that division. So it's something that I would definitely consider doing. Um, Bikini, if I competed at all, I would absolutely do bikini, at least at a regional show, just so I could Mm -hmm. see the comparisons in my shape and the improvements and stuff. Um, but I'm not entirely sure which division I would focus on yet. Like I said, I think I have more potential in fitness, but bikini, I think, is safer in terms of longevity, and um, I, like, I really like that look. So
0: have you we'll looked see. into the new <laughs> wellness category at all?
1: I have heard. Yeah, of course I have. Um, it's, it's intriguing to me. Uh, my thing, though, is... Like to me, wellness is the same as bikini, but you have more size in your legs and obviously the posing. Yeah, and and the posing is a little bit different. So I it's intriguing, like I said, but I also think the fact that I have a wide waist would almost hold me back in wellness because your front pose is straight on, right? So I think the development I'd need to have in like my medial delts and in like my glutes, my quads and stuff, I think I think it'd be easier for me to match the criteria for bikini because you can really twist away your waist in bikini. So I think I would do better in bikini.
0: You wouldn't consider figure.
1: That's the question. (laughs) Um, you know, that's, that's a whole nother level. I'll just, I'll just say that flat out. Um, I've, I've considered it. If I did figure, I probably would compete in the natural stream. I don't really see myself competing figure in the open stream, but um, in that same token, I'm almost at a point where I'm like, why would I compete in natural to try to get this, you know, pro card, but then go into the pro league and it'd be open. I feel like that's also a little bit counterintuitive. So yeah yeah, 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 I don't know. I it's obviously I've considered it, but I think I would definitely do bikini or fitness before figure.
0: Yeah. And you know what, I'm, the bikini category, as much as people like to say, it's an accessible category, it's not, um, you know what, uh, <laughs> I get a kick out of that. Some of the organizations and they'll say, you know, the men's physique or whatever is supposed to be accessible, the the attainable physique. And you know what? It's not. Um, (laughs) They're all very
1: challenging in their own ways. Like, I'll be honest. If I, yeah, if if I think for just my personal taste, I prefer the look of bikini. But if I preferred the look of figure, like, I, I think bikini for me is probably harder to obtain than figure because if if i were a figure athlete i would just kind of go balls to the wall and train heavy and like kind of love right. it you know but right. uh, like in an ideal world i could look like angelica but train like a figure pro that's okay. how i would describe myself yeah i don't know
0: you're kind of done di- not, not quite diametrically opposed but almost so who, uh, yeah. who, who, do you look, who do you look up to in the local bikini scene
1: um i think like the number one person i've followed for a long time and sort of watched her rise to their fame is jennifer dory um obviously you know starting a few years ago she was one of the like wow like on the national stage and now she's like yeah. top five at olympia so it's really cool to watch and laura lee too i've always loved laura lee shape and i think she has the potential to win so um those two definitely and um just like locally too i mean there are a lot of people they're not olympia level and you know they don't have a hundred thousand followers but there are a lot of people around ontario and around canada that i really look up to and i've been following their journey for a long time so it's like really cool to watch people develop
0: so okay you're talking about a lot of people around ontario how do you find the community um, of bikini athletes competitive athletes from a from the female perspective
1: honestly i mean in any sport you're gonna have you know, maybe people that are in it for the wrong reasons or whatever that may be, or people who are petty or don't want to make friends. But for the most part, I would say 95% of the people I've met through this are the most amazing people. And I would say almost all of my best friends I've met through this sport. Um, You know, everyone, I think everyone, especially who competes, we just sort of have this like underlying respect for one another because we all know, you know like this is not an easy thing to do and it's something you can really bond over and like i found that like going through preps having you know a girl or two like really close to me that i could prep with like last year for the right. pro show it was petunia and lorraine and yeah, yeah. i'm familiar with them but you know it was kind of the three of us who would like send each other videos while on the stairmaster doing cardio and like really you know we lifted each other up and it was like such a team vibe between like the girls last year prepping for that show so that was really cool Excellent. and yeah, overall, like I said, a lot of my best friends came from this sport, and um, I've had several, several, several more, like, good encounters and good relationships than bad ones, so.
0: Excellent. So, you know, yeah. anyway, it's absolutely unifying um, yeah. to, to do something common, and especially when you're doing it together. So you must have some fun prep stories that you can, anything, any fun prep stories that you can share?
1: Fun prep stories. Huh.
0: Weird things you've done or things you've
1: encountered. Okay uh definitely the number one and people people i mean still call me crazy for this but i just got to a point my last prep and i was very very hungry and i just got to a point of like i just wanted to to put something physically in my mouth so i got to a point where i started (laughs) (laughs) just like random (laughs)
0: objects you know (laughs) no 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 um
1: no so i would eat like coffee grinds like like instant coffee, coffee grinds. Uh, yeah, That's I don't. Wanna...
0: Gross. <laughs> what's desperate. wrong with you? What
1: I know. You... And then the the thing was is that that translated me into eating coffee with a spoon. So for the longest time, and I still do it sometimes. You know, I'll be at a restaurant out for like breakfast with my family, and I start eating my coffee out of the cup with my spoon. And then people look at me like, Are you okay? And I'm like, Oh, sorry, it's just it's a prep habit, you know? So,
0: didn't, didn't they have like sugar free jello back then?
1: I, that was not on my diet plan.
0: <laughs> but it's sugar free jello, it was on everybody's diet. Oh,
1: it was not on yeah. mine. I was, coffee I was like, I mean, I, yeah, yeah, probably. I was. I mean by the end I think four of my five meals were three ounces of tilapia and green veg so I you know I wasn't having sugar free jello or really anything yeah. fun in my diet
0: well, so I figured you, t- <laughs> you probably wouldn't throw coffee grounds well yeah.
1: it's weird I know <laughs> you asked for weird I, I give you weird say,
0: I, I don't know what to say about it to be quite honest
1: <laughs> so <laughs>
0: what are um have you had to come up with any prep hacks and things like that anything go wrong last minute before show
1: oh yeah um so this was like the most almost the most heartbreaking thing ever i was in my hotel getting ready for pre-judging for toronto pro last year and uh, i was putting on my like my bottoms of my suit and i was trying to sort of like inch like the side connectors up because i didn't want to like just kind of scrape it up i didn't want to ruin my tan right Um, and so i was like trying to like pull the connector over my hip and my suit broke (laughs) and this is like maybe an hour and a half before i had to go on stage like and it didn't even break in like a nice spot like the connector literally broke in half oh my
0: god
1: sounds like amazing i had one backup suit but it was like a really tacky suit i wore my first show with like the hanging connectors and like barely any like beads on it and I was like I'm literally not competing unless I'm wearing this like actual suit I'm not wearing my backup suit so I immediately called my coach like freaking out obviously and she's like okay just like come to the venue we'll see what we can do So I'm like backstage, like running, like holding my suit onto me. And so I get back there and they like, and my I think my coach was competing too at that show. And they start taking out a sewing kit and we're like trying to sew the connector and that didn't work. So they ended up just taking like, you know, the the glue that they use on our butts. They glued (laughs) my suit to me. (laughs) I had to go on stage with my suit glued to me. So I was terrified. I was like, what happens if my suit it, just breaks ble- off of me yeah, I, on stage? It turns into a
0: different so, kind of show real quick.
1: I guess so. So that was a little bit stressful, and uh, yeah, it wasn't fun to deal with. It was. It was very. I would say almost emotional. I was trying not to cry because I had, you know, my makeup all done and stuff. But I was. That's I was right. definitely freaking out.
0: <laughs> oh man, I can't imagine yeah. what that's. Yeah. Like... Yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> it was terrible. <laughs>
0: So, I want to, I mean, uh, we focused a lot on fitness in your earlier years, uh-huh. education, and uh, you've been here a long time already, I don't want to keep you too long, but I want to talk about some other things in your social media. We get to see okay. um, your, your musically inclined, piano is your yes. primary in- instrument, any others?
1: Yeah. Um, I've picked up, like, a little bit of guitar, but I, just sort of for fun, I would definitely, I would say I only play piano.
0: And what's, yeah. why, where does your passion for piano come from?
1: Um, Where does it come from?
0: What
1: well, I was. About oh, I just love. I just genuinely love music. Like, I mean, I'm sure people see on my Instagram. I'm always at these events. I'm always at these festivals. But I think what people don't understand is how like deeply rooted into me it is. Um, when I was like nine or ten years old, and my meme had like an organ at her house and I would always I like go try to play it and like they taught me like a couple like basic songs, like we could a little star and stuff. And I was saying, oh, like I like this. And so across the street from my meme, um, there was a guy who was in a band and he actually played piano. So we ended up talking to him and he gave me lessons for a couple of years, and that's how I started up with it um I really yeah I really appreciated the way he taught me because a lot of people go just like straight by the books and do like grade one grade two grade three but um I kind of I I was pretty like I got pretty good quickly I guess you could say so he kind of said screw the books and he just taught me you know like real songs and he taught me how to compose a little bit and you know like chord bases and all that so I had a really good foundation just after like a year and a half and After that, I did continue it on my own. Um, I was doing like more classical and um, blues kind of music back then because he was in like a blues band. So I was doing like blues and stuff like that. Um, And then when I was probably 13, 14 years old, that's when I started sort of listening to electronic music, like Avicii and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, and at that point, I basically went from playing classic and then I just started playing EDM like all the time, like electronic music. So um, I had a really good ear for it. So I would just sort of figure out the chords. And then because I was listening to the songs all the time, I knew exactly how the melodies would go. And then I would sort of just figure it out and, you know, like make it interesting, make it difficult. And I, you know, I did that for... I still do it today. It sucks I don't have a piano here, hopefully soon. But, um, yeah, I still love that to this day. And it was nice because I did teach piano for quite a long time, probably about eight years, seven years. And um, I was able to really pass that on to a few of my, like, good students as well, the ability to kind of compose and do that with, like, like, popular music today. So, yeah.
0: So you went from classical piano to EDM. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> great in,
0: let's, let's go right into festivals from there.
1: Oh, yeah. <laughs> um,
0: so you, we, we've all seen that you've gone to a number mm-hmm. of festivals. You've flown all over, yeah. probably everywhere from Vegas to, and back again. Um, what, <laughs> yeah. what would you say, what are your top, say, couple of festivals that you've been to?
1: EDC, 100,000%. So EDC, that's the one that's in Las Vegas. Um, yep. In terms of numbers, it's the largest in the world. So they just officially broke that record this year. Um, it's absolutely insane. There's like seven giant stages. And when I say giant, I mean like giant. It's at the Motor Speedway in Vegas. And it okay. takes up the entire thing. Um, and they have, I don't know, probably 150 plus DJs on that lineup. But the production wow. level is just absolutely insane. And I mean, it's, it's almost like a fitness community in a sense where you kind of meet people online through it. And, you know, so I would have friends from california going to vegas and that's where you meet the first time it's almost like having like an olympia or like a toronto pro qualifier so it's it was really cool to be able to meet a lot of people there that was definitely my number one um and i don't think any of the other ones i've been compared to that to be honest
0: and and do you survive on like uh, two bottles of water and a bag of chips for the weekend or
1: uh-huh absolutely <laughs> it's terrible you have one meal a day and you don't sleep. So it took me a while to recover from that trip, but uh, that's okay. It was like the best trip of my life. So
0: awesome. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I watched it all the time with the different people I see that are, are into the festival life. And mm-hmm. I've started listening to some of the music because of that. Ooh, and it's, it's pretty, fascinating, pretty fascinating stuff. I mean, yeah. know, the, higher BPM, the higher the BPM, the better.
1: Oh, yeah. You gotta check I, I, I to check out Hard Style
0: in the gym. Oh, yeah. Hard Style and French Core oh, and yeah. all these.
1: Oh, you know. <laughs>
0: You know, uh, and I'm an old man, so you know. But I,
1: I yeah, there you so. go.
0: So that's fantastic. I can imagine the <laughs> conversation. So you fly into Vegas and you get to the border control and you say, "They say where are you going?" So I'm going to ADC. Oh, with mm-hmm. who? Friends. Where did you meet them? Oh, online. Oh, I'll I found the conversation fat, too many
1: times. <laughs> that's yeah.
0: I actually yeah. had a buddy of mine who was into uh, saltwater tanks and and, and he had. Uh, mm-hmm. He was in a group and it was called the salt the reefers. Yeah. And that's they said on the board where they met they said well we met on uh, on saltwater reefers and as soon as they said "reefer," that was it the whole car was, was yeah kind of... <laughs> anyway so piano shuffling is something else that you've gotten into probably hooked mm-hmm. into your your love for fast bpm music and whatnot um yeah. <laughs> and i remember you actually put out a, uh, a training plan not too long ago that you were going to follow on instagram and
1: yeah had sh- i had had
0: shuffling in there Oh yeah, sure. even
1: yeah, Party. I was working yeah, I was working with a coach even in the spring um doing like a mini cut and I asked to have that put in on my plan as cardio cuz let me tell <laughs> you it is cardio like after my show last year um i rebounded a little too much i'll say but um i like i haven't done any intense preps or super intense dieting since and i've lost 20 pounds and i attribute most of that to shuffling to be honest so
0: and i remember like one of the first times i've ever saw a shuffling i was looking at him it's an instagram and, and i'm like what are, mm-hmm. what, are what are they that looks weird um but then i then i, I, I clicked the speaker so you hear the music
1: oh yeah and oh, it's yeah. not just somebody funny
0: flailing in silence. Yeah. It actually makes much <laughs> yeah. more sense when the music mm-hmm. happens. So it's absolutely yeah. fascinating to watch. Yeah, but- it's
1: it's super funny because I have, like, a studio downstairs at my condo, so that's usually where I practice. But most of the time, I'll just have my headphones in listening to the music. So I just feel terrible for anyone at the gym that's, like, right in that area that's not listening to music themselves because all they're hearing is me, like, stomping against the ground to nothing. <laughs>
0: And on a gym floor, like, how do your sneakers not get caught on the floor and trip you? And, like, it looks and like you should.
1: It's difficult. Um, and it's also very difficult. Like, um, like my condo floor is just, like, sort of normal flooring. So that's pretty easy to move around on. But, like, the flooring that I practice on, it's, like, a rubber gym-type flooring. So that's really difficult to move on, and I have probably gained a pound of muscle in each of my calves, to be honest, just from shuffling on that surface. So, for uh, anybody who needs calves,
0: <laughs> next time we do a calf call, we'll, we'll we'll tag in, and you can you can show show the calves in there. Uh, <laughs> there you go. Let's talk about social media for a little bit, and we're almost approaching an hour, and I don't mm-hmm. want to keep anyone past an hour. But so, how how has your social media affected your life?
1: I would say it was definitely something I focused on a lot when I was competing. Um, So right before I started prepping for my first show, I kind of, oh, like, this is my new fitness page, you know, I did that whole thing. And then um, all through all three of my preps, I was like very active on Instagram, you know, like posting almost every day stories all day long and stuff, um, Mm -hmm. mostly fitness related. Um, I think after this past prep in 2018, I just was like, okay, you know what? Let's take a bit of a break. And I think the issue was too, I think I got into it so young and I was so naive, I guess, at 18, thinking like, oh my God, I'll be Miss Bikini Olympia. Like, I'm going to get 100,000 followers on Instagram. And, you know, a lot of people do have that mentality when they start, especially people really young that kind of don't know any better. So at first, that was sort of the goal, like, I'm going to, you know, grow my Instagram. Maybe I'll be an online coach one day and all of that. And yeah. then, you know, I realized you know, you're, you're keeping your day job, you're not, you're not going to be a fitness Instagram star. (laughs) And I just, you know, I realized, I don't need to post everything that I do every second of the day on social media. So I mean, it's done great things for me, I obviously, like, in my past, perhaps I've had sponsors and stuff. And I've had a lot of like modeling opportunities, I did actually Mm -hmm. go to Jamaica last year, and I was in a calendar. So like, that's definitely, I would say the coolest thing that's come of, you know, my social media. But um, I don't really have any specific goals for it. I don't want to, you know, run my social media with a goal of, like, trying to increase followers. Like, at this point, I just really put on it what I want to. I share things that, you know, I'm passionate about. And right now, you know, like, I love Toronto and I love walking out my door every day and seeing the skyline. So I post that. Is that going to, like, make me money or make me famous? No, but I enjoy it. So I share it. And Again, like music. I share music all day long and that's not doing anything for me, but it's just what I'm passionate about right now. So
0: And you know, that's absolutely the right approach. A lot of people if you, you approach social media with the idea that I'm gonna what what can I do to get a thousand followers or two thousand followers <laughs> or whatever? <laughs> yeah. And then you, you start posting what you think people are gonna wanna see, but what mm-hmm. people wanna see is you.
1: Authenticity, and, and yeah. People
0: want authenticity in their social media and value. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. um, you know, kind of that's that's what you offer, which is fantastic because your social media yeah. now is not, it's its kind of 360 degree social media. It's not just kind Absolutely, of one yeah. facet of your life and you are a multifaceted yeah. individual. Um, but before we go, we did get some questions and I would like to get to yeah. them. <laughs> okay. now, do you I want was warned by you, my friends. <laughs> do you want me to tell you who asked these questions? Absolutely.
1: I'm ready for it.
0: The mass scientist came oh, through with, yeah. a, with a few questions. And I
1: know. I've had an opportunity to,
0: to chat with him, uh, and that's something awesome. I've So, uh, so okay. question number one. What is the worst injury or setback, and how did you overcome it?
1: I would say in this sport, I guess, or sort of in lifting, it was definitely my intercostal. So I was, like I okay. said, at that point, I was, like, really, really into powerlifting, and it was totally my own fault. I had no idea what I was doing. I was hitting, like I was trying to hit a PR on every lift, like every day, like I literally just did not have a clue. And I pulled my intercostal trying to deadlift a weight. I probably shouldn't have tried deadlifting. And uh, that was extremely painful. And I was on really high like, prescription painkillers for a while. And I, you know, that sort of scared me enough to not go back to powerlifting. So I would say that was probably the worst one. That and the arthritis that I have now.
0: (laughs) As a result of all the other sports that you play.
1: Mm -hmm. Exactly.
0: Yeah. Let's. He, he asked a couple of few questions. Hmm, which one? Let's keep it a little PG. He said, oh, gosh. <laughs> well, it's just one word in particular. So, okay. have sex with, marry or kill. Oh piano, no. The gym or raving and shuffling.
1: Oh gosh. I I, I think marry the gym.
0: Marry the gym. Be sex with the piano?
1: <laughs> I, I maybe. I, yeah, Shuff- I shuffling? think so. I, I think I'd have to sh- throw shuffling out because I know, I know the gym and music are so inherently me. Whereas the shuffling, like, will I be doing that at 30? I don't know. Maybe it's just a phase, but I think I, think I have to go with the kill shuffling.
0: Oh my gosh. And you and did follow tough, up with but... a question on, on whether you can rave without being detrimental to your progress, but I think you've kind of shown that you can already. Yeah. Uh, s- someone asked if you would be willing to do a shuffle tutorial on Instagram. Oh, wow. Um, I,
1: I could, that would be fun.
0: How much time, actually it's a, r- a question. How much time do you uh, spend practicing your shuffling every week?
1: Um, It depends on the week. Uh, it's I would say it definitely is like my main source of cardio that I do. And when I practice, I'll usually practice for about like 45 minutes, max to like max an hour. Like when I first started, I couldn't do it for more than 20 minutes. I would literally be dying. Um, but my stamina has improved, thankfully. So I would say probably 45 minutes to an hour, three to four times a week at this point. For a very long time, it wasn't near enough. But um, now that I have like the studio downstairs and I'm not lifting as much, um, I do it more right. often for sure.
0: All right are there any myths about being a bikini girl that you want to squash or or set straight
1: myths mm-hmm. um, like I said I think the biggest one is is the whole you just kind of have to be skinny and diet thing right. um, you know it there's a difference between maybe doing well at like a regional show in that sense like you never know who's showing up to competition maybe that person was the only one who competed in their class but I mean I think people should put into perspective what the pros look like and how much muscle mass and shape they actually have, uh, right. because it's, it's not an easy look to obtain and like the cap delts and like the, the fullness and the roundness and glutes, like that's not something you can just diet for 10 weeks and have, you know, it takes a lot of time.
0: Well, absolutely. No, that's very, very true. Uh, let's go to a couple more classic, Clazy.
1: Mm-hmm. Randy, who was classic on the podcast lazy. last week yeah
0: is that that's got to be something that you say you know when he does something he's like, oh classic, crazy
1: <laughs> it's I wouldn't say so much classic, like that's definitely the Instagram handle, you know, like that's set, but we just all call him crazy. I've never called him before <laughs> to be honest.
0: Maybe he's trying to do things that are classic. I don't know oh, saying, he, has, he says what's 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 your been your best cheat meal this year this year He's probably referring to something he made.
1: I haven't I had anything he made, to be honest. Oh, okay. I don't think so. He's, he's
0: handy in the kitchen, apparently. So.
1: Yeah, uh, that's a really good question. Um, I would say probably ice cream. I really love ice cream. I've gotten some pretty crazy ice cream a couple times, just in Windsor. With like, it's at this cute little place, like down the road, and I go okay. with my parents and my dog, and we just go eat ice cream together. So I would say probably that. It's not super interesting, but (laughs) I guess I'm not the foodie I used to be.
0: Did you get a chance to eat anything fun over in in Ireland? Steak and Um, turkey.
1: Not quite. I actually, I try to be pretty strict on my diet in Ireland for the most part. It was really nice, actually, because, like, my company, um, like, the way it works is, like, because it was a work trip, like it was paid for, but we got like $50 a day for food. So I kind of just ran with that and I made myself like a really nice, like salmon dinner every single night. (laughs) So that was fun. Yeah. um, Yeah, I know. It was crazy. I couldn't even make that amount happen, you know?
0: (laughs) All right, let's get to one more question. And this is, this is a good one. Who would win in a fight? Kim Miller fit or Kim Miller lit?
1: (laughs) Kim Miller lit. (laughs) (laughs) Hands down. <laughs> I don't know who asked that question, but I love them.
0: <laughs> wow. She's wild. Kim Miller is, is wild. She's
1: endless energy.
0: <laughs> is that what your, your name transforms into when you go and hit the the, the ground at EDC?
1: Uh, yeah. I'll be honest. Uh, like someone just said it to me once. I, it was definitely someone in the Windsor crew. Like when I, yeah, it was like after my prep last year, you know, I started going to festivals and they're like, yeah, you're Kim Miller lit now. And I was like, True, so I actually, not a lot of people know this, it was private and I didn't make a big deal about it. But I actually had an Instagram page called Kim Miller Lit for a while. <laughs> but um, when I started looking for job opportunities, I thought I should probably not have that Instagram page anymore, so it's 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 well, long gone, but it, it did exist at one point.
0: <laughs> if you go Google Kim Miller Lit, you probably still <laughs> find it. You do know there's not. no such thing as deleting on the internet,
1: yeah. So, well, I, well, I hope to god, those, yeah.
0: I hope that's gone. (laughs) Anyway, challenge accepted. Oh, we hope it's gone. Oh
1: Uh, no, yeah. (laughs) For my sake, let's hope it's gone.
0: (laughs) Uh oh, uh oh. Social media scrubbing. There's companies that specialize in it, so. uh,
1: Oh, perfect. (laughs) It's been really great
0: to sit and have a chat with you. An hour flies by real fast, and for sure, never even got to half the topics that I had kind of written down. So maybe we can get you to come back (laughs) in the future, or when you start, (laughs) when you pick a show and and start to get into a part, maybe you'll be willing to come back yeah well, thank, you, That'd be fun. thank you so much for being here we were a great guests it was great to get to know you a little better and thank we'll you. talk to you again real soon
1: awesome thank you for having me i really appreciate it
0: your source for all that is fitness ontario muscle subscribe